Thank you for joining us. This is episode 50 of Amateur 3D Podcast, a podcast by amateur printers for amateur printers, where we share our thoughts and experience. Our panelists this week are me, Franklin Christensen, and my friends, Chris Weber, Andy Cottom, and Kevin Buckner decided that going to a Metallica concert was more important than hanging out with us. You couldn't even convince him to bring his 3D printer. I can't believe this. It's like he's not even a part of the podcast here. <laughs> I, I have I, I have a feeling he'd, he'd have a hard time setting up with the Phoenix Phoenix heat and everything. His, his, his plastic not might might not even make it to the printer. Well, and, and as much as I love you guys, and as much as I love doing this podcast, I have to say I think Metallica would take a priority from me too. <clears throat> Priorities. Lake Asp. <laughs> Lake Asp. I love that. Because apparently now Frisch, well, again, I because I think Chris was French, episode three, four. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised. I found that happen. I, I was French in a previous life. Uh huh. <laughs> I thought Weber was Irish or Scottish. German. German. Yep, it's German. Yeah, uh, old school I, for Weaver, which explains a lot. My family is really good with numbers and patterns. So that's hmm. neat. I accept mm-hmm. that. How you guys Little. doing? I'm tired. <laughs> I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing lots of lots of doing. Yes. <laughs> we the actually talked. We talked before the podcast. I was up late, not as late as you, but then I woke up shortly after you went to bed. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's unusual for me to stay up, so I kind of enjoy those times when it's just quiet in the house and you get to sit and get lost in the flow state working on a project. There's nothing better than that. Oh I yeah, love that. I love I, I love a little personal project and a couple of a couple of beers. Yeah. Indeed. That's one thing that could have made last night a lot better is to have a couple of beers. I didn't even think about it. And Utah <laughs> even has something that resembles normal beer. Yeah, I still got some <laughs> bottles of vinegar I'm trying to finish off. So, <laughs> Spend the 20 bucks and just get a new box, dude. Get a yeah, six-pack this time instead of a, a 32-pack. <laughs> there you go. There you go. If you, always, yeah. if you want something fresh, you can always stop by my place. I've always got at least one or two in my beer fridge. I appreciate so. that. So I haven't bought Utah beer. Um, and as sad as it is, because I, I don't – I drink – but I never do. I refuse to say that I don't drink, but maybe once or half a time a year, I like to, to get a buzz on, you know, but that's about it. So it's very that, rare. But That's because you got all of your irresponsible drinking done in your 20s. <laughs> no kidding. But, you know, this whole time, anytime you guys would go out of state or anything like that, I always try to get you to get me some real beer because if I'm going to have a beer, I want a nice beer, even if I'm drinking piss water bud that I like. Not Bud Light, just straight Bud, you know? I got. I think it's because I got memories attached to that. That's why I enjoy it. The flavor is absolutely <laughs> terrible, but there's a lot of memories. I like there. Bud. You talk <laughs> crap, but I like Bud. It's okay. So I haven't bought Bud in Utah here yet since the big change. I know that was like five or six years ago. But uh, can Three, I just go and four, get? Two, pandemic it? time. It might have been closer oh, to okay. five because pandemic time. <laughs> But uh, can, is is our beer here in Utah fairly normal now, as far as our alcohol ratings? It, it's yep. it's because there was three states 
left that had the lower 3.5, was it, Chris? Yeah, and I think Minnesota um, was one of them, and Minnesota was opting out. So it would have been just the two states, and so the suppliers were just like, we're just not going to sell in those states if... uh, (laughs) Anheuser-Busch was like, we're not going to do special beer for you guys anymore, and Utah was like, fine. (laughs) Okay, so our beer now is just normal beer. Um, Well, it's still on the low end for like the average for the country, but it's because it's a a large production of beer instead of a a microbrew or something like that. Yeah, it's not special for Utah anymore, so it's... Perfect. Okay. That that makes me feel good. Okay, I'm going to buy some more beer so I can stop drinking the vinegar. (laughs) (laughs) I, I... I guess I've never waited for beer to turn. I didn't realize it turned to vinegar. I knew wine did. I think it does. It, it doesn't taste normal. Oh. But I'll still mm. drink it. It's like 10 years old past the expiration. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. They do put expiration bait dates on those on the bottles. Usually yeah. they're usually they're about six to six to nine months after production after you know it being bottled. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I need to get me some new beer. Just to have available. <laughs> yeah, get a six pack this time, like I said. So it, it has a reasonable shelf life because it'll be well, used up within a year or two. Yeah, if I get you, a you'll pack. you'll drink it all before it goes bad. Yeah, or most yeah. of or it. Or at least maybe most of it. <laughs> or or because you live walking distance away from the the local uh oh, corner store. Quick yeah. corner store. Just yeah, walk yeah. in and get a can or two a tall boy. And do that you whenever a, you feel like it. You got a really good point. That is such a better way. And that's only <laughs> like a five minute walk too. Oh yeah. And even the even the buds or the pub beers are like a uh two dollars a two dollars a can. So those oh, nice. bigger bigger ones, yeah. Okay. So, I think I'm beats gonna the hell out of going stuff. to the bar where you spend ten dollars for a pint. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I got a lot of yeah. a lot of good memories at the bar. Is Bogey still around? Do you know? Yeah, uh, or at least it was seven years ago. <laughs> that, that was my bar choice back then. That was oh, that was, it, it was much more around. dance club the last time I was. So was it? Oh, okay. Unless I'm thinking of a different bar, I could be. Yeah, yeah it okay. was in the old Union Station in Lipton. Yeah, no, no, it was or it by was there. Eight. Office. No, it wasn't office state. I don't remember. It was. It was. It remember. was in South Clearfield. Yeah, but okay. Um, yeah, really. In Clearfield. Um, if it's if it was in Clearfield, then it's not there anymore because I I spend most of my days in Clearfield now. And I don't. Yeah, it was in South area. Clearfield, and I think they've closed up since. No, no I think still it was. Left. I think it was the old Union Station. Hmm. Anyway, um, I gotta look this up on Google Maps here and see. They're, and Bogies okay. is suppo- supposedly Irish, but you know they're not really they're not really anymore. They're, they're, <laughs> they're Utah Irish now. <laughs> it's it's not like a Mc, uh, I'm trying to think of that other one we used to go go to when we worked for the windmill company. Um, I didn't ever go with everybody for that, actually. But that one that one was a real Irish pub, you know. Mm-hmm. Where, Okay, slow down, slow down. You say real Irish pub. When I was in Chicago in um, naval training, all that stuff, just down the street 
was a real Chicago Irish. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let, let's be honest. A real Irish pub is in Ireland. Yeah. But, um, but this was as much like Ireland. You yeah. Know, it wasn't all of the, it, it was actually home, homely like you'd expect in Ireland. It didn't have all of the special, all the little knickknacks and, you know, things fewer leprechauns fake. on the walls. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More no uh, orange, wood orange grain. Green beer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, I liked that pub. Can't remember what it was called. I'm gonna have to look that up. You make any progress there, Andy? No, you know, there's a there's a grill in Clearfield called Bogies Social Club, but That's it ain't it. bogies. <laughs> That's like a single single level building. I didn't even know that was a club. I thought it was like a you know warehouse. I think they I mm. think maybe they closed up and moved, which is probably maybe. why we're all thinking. Yeah, because the old bogeys was two story. Yeah. Yeah, the one I went to I think it was seven years ago I went. Um that that big was still water feature level on the stage. Mm, yeah. Uh, like waterfall on the back of the stage. I don't remember that. Yeah. I I, I was not really paying attention to where I was, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I was more concerned with who I was there with. So most of my memories were of the table I sat at. I, I think whenever <laughs> I go, I just spent a lot of time just sitting at the table, just enjoying the atmosphere, because I'm not a dancer. That defeats the purpose of going to a club, dude. Yeah, even with a lot of beer in me, I'm not much of a dancer. Yeah, me neither. But, uh, uh, but uh, I'm, 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 I'm one of those. I'm always up for karaoke. karaoke. <laughs> uh, actually... <laughs> I, I have come to appreciate that I'm tone deaf. Yeah. And I think it's hilarious that I've spent so much time in band and choir and musicals and all that stuff. And I'm freaking tone deaf. It explains yeah. why I, I was never first chair or anything like that. I mean, and it's also high school. They're, they were good, but they were high school. You know, I was yeah. never going to make a career out of it. It's not a problem. Um, it's just a handicap. Well, that's not the right word for that, but it is the right word for that. It's like a handicap when playing golf kind of handicap. Right, right, right. It makes things harder, but yeah. Doesn't mean you can't still enjoy it. And (laughs) I do well. I was thinking about it last night because I went to our high school's football game and sang the banner with a bunch of people that had graduated. It was an alumni choir that got together, and we had 20 of us got together and it was students as far back as 89 were singing in the choir. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That was, that was unique and fun. Um, was this for Bonneville high? Yeah. I wasn't going to say the school. But... Oh, well, um, yeah, fair. Anyway. Um, yeah, it was their game. I can't, feel like it was an important game but i didn't know it wasn't like homecoming or something i don't know what it was but uh yeah we all showed up for the alumni choir and sang for that and um i I realized i i've always well you have to have a band worthy of calling an alumni band 
point. <laughs> Good point. And teachers that teach for more than two years in a row. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the choir teacher, she's been teaching since 98. Oh, my gosh. She's still there? Oh, she's still there. Oh, that's so cool. She and so uh, she was pregnant for your graduating class. Yeah. Her daughter is graduating and going to be an educator for music. Oh, that's so weird. That is so weird. <laughs> it's like... Ew. <laughs> There's that aspect of it. And she was like, well, when I retire, and I was like, no, you have to get old to retire. And she looks the same <laughs> as she did 20 years ago. So, well, and you know, those girls that were pregnant in, in our, in our high school classes, their kids are up and graduated in, in college now. Yeah. yeah. We've got one friend in particular who uh, became a parent his senior year. Yeah, and um, he still lives lives in the terrace, and yeah. no, he moved. Oh, did he? Oh, he did. Oh. Yeah. I know he was close, though. Anyway, yeah, their kid graduated before our twentieth high school anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was That's crazy. A little odd to think of, too. Surreal. Yeah, but you then think uh, you started getting old that you would being a different mindset it's weird to still be that high schooler is still up here between my ears you know it's the same person still and with responsibilities he should have never been given (laughs) (laughs) i would accept that there's an aspect of cognitive dissonance for it for sure um i'm not the same person i was a year ago let alone 20 at the same time there's definite personality traits that have not changed since I was five. So (laughs) probably will never change. Yeah. And uh, it's never the things that people want to stay the same. (laughs) That's true. Unfortunately, (laughs) a lot of the times it's the negative stuff that sticks around. Uh, Conscious or not. Yeah. Yeah. Makes us well. This podcast has gone from music theory. No, we didn't start with music theory. We started with... Beer. No, it was something before that. Anyway, we've covered a whole string of stuff besides 3D printing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I kind of wonder if we should... Well, we're only 15 minutes in, give or take. But uh, maybe we should do an actual podcast. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) <laughs> you can go ahead and start it if you want that's fine <laughs> okay yeah frank start it what have you been doing <laughs> uh, all i did this week actually was i found some tops you know some spin tops yeah and um printed them off and they actually came out really good oh. um i've been playing just kind of to get through the uh, material that I'm not too happy with. I've been playing with solid prints. Okay. And I kind of like the outcome. Oh, really? Like I like the some, heft of the plastic of solid plastic. Yeah. Yeah, like these tops, though, they're solid plastic, and they spin real good. Um, yeah. I've thought about maybe trying to do some dice. I talked about my uh, the game of your that I printed off. 
or that I created out of a plank a little while ago. Yeah. yeah. And um, having some really good binary dice, um, okay. I think I could do 3D, and they'd yeah. be pretty, you know, reasonably balanced. So I'm gonna play with that a little more. Yeah. Um, Ooh, we should make a triceratop that's got three little three little points sticking out and you know it's kind of dinosaur horn shaped around the out, around the sides <laughs> okay triceratop oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry that that parted my hair <laughs> uh, it wasn't close enough to over my head to part my hair I, <laughs> pretty yeah, far yeah, out get, there. Get, give it kind of some some horn frills around the outside and Three points. <laughs> Triceratops. <laughs> I like that. Um, um, but yeah, your that's humor really printed. More advanced than what I can receive. That's that's the problem. <laughs> my, uh, you broadcast. You broadcast loud, Chris. I, I just don't have my <laughs> receiver turned on half the time. So um, <laughs> uh, there was one thing my mother-in-law found the dragon in the grocery store that you talked about a couple of weeks ago, Chris. Oh yeah. And she took some pictures and sent it to me. And it's like, I, I would not let something like that out of my office. Let alone, try to, let alone for, try to sell it at a for 20 uh, bucks at that quality. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I was talking to my mother-in-law about that last night and she's like, Oh, so, so you can print one for me. And it's like, I could, and I showed yeah, her. Actually, the, I found I showed the exact. Her... Yeah, I found the exact one on. I think it was Colts 3D, and it was a uh, like two dollars or four dollars or something to buy. Well, yeah. um, there's the one that I bought from my wife and printed off, and I think I shared it. If that's the one that um, you found, basically just a, a dragon made out of roses, right? Mm-hmm. And um, what she remembered was a ten dollars for this print. Oh, wow. And I, I was just thinking, you know, okay, so I can give her the same dragon I gave my wife, let her choose the plastic, and just, you know, spend $2 in plastic to print it off. And she gave me 10 <laughs> It's like, yeah. I don't need this. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if she's going to give me $10 for this print, I'm going to do a $10 job on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? definitely. And uh, she, she chose a uh, a granite PETG, so that'll okay. be fun to print the their dragon out of. Yeah, that'll be kind of cool. She, nice. She's a uh, she's an amateur. It's not geologist. Who is it that studies rocks and stones? That's geologist. I would. I thought geologist, geologist was the uh, the people that studied um, bigger features, land features. Oh. I guess it would be a geologist, no. like a gemologist, or no, not even a gemologist, just a, anyway. So a she, rock she, scientist. Yeah, everywhere she goes, um, the joke is, like, uh, even when me and my wife went to the Redwoods over the summer, she was like, get me some dirt. And we're like. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll get you a nice rock. G-N-E-I-S. <laughs> So, like, they, they went to a salt mine in central Utah 
a couple of weeks ago. And they came home with some head-sized chunks of salt. Oh, geez. That they pulled cool. out of the mine. That you know they they were That's there cool. and they were told, yeah, go ahead, grab a stone or two. Cool. Um, so she's got those on display and she just picks up these rocks everywhere she goes. So yeah. I, she chose the uh, the granite looking plastic and it's like, I'm not even going to ask. I know why you chose this. I'm just going to print it off for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh. Like I said, the most the I've been playing with more uh, solid prints anyway, yeah. and I I had the thought like even this morning it's like yeah I'm gonna print it in solid PETG and still not spend um, anywhere near because my expectation is cost of production tripled to be at the uh, point of sale right okay that includes yeah. the middleman and all that. Um, yeah, because stores have like a 35% markup for or most of their things. They're yeah. not going to waste their time to sell it for you. Right. Yep. So um, a 3X feels about right. So as long as, um, because I'm not going to spend $3 in plastic, even printing it solid. Um, yeah. I'm just going to put time into it and sand it smooth and all that stuff and still do... <laughs> Make sure that she gets ten dollars worth of product. Yeah, out of solid plastic. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds good. That'd be a nice, high quality version of what she saw in the store. Yeah, for sure. I wasn't happy with the size of the head on that dragon either. It, I feel like it took up a third of the the length of the dragon. Is that does that feel right, Chris? Um, Maybe a quarter. I feel like the little... head was super big for the dragon. Either way. Yeah, on, on the rose dragon it was on the on the crystal dragon it was a little bit smaller, but okay. Yeah, um, the one that she showed me was the rose dragon, and it's like, oh come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it. You, you went full production. You have the contacts to put it in the grocery store, and all other details aside, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, it shouldn't yeah, be this hard to put out. Well, more than we care to try to do. I, I'm sure that if we work together, the four of us could figure something out. Yeah, you got to get right. Thing. It wouldn't be worth the money, but yeah. Um, but if you're gonna do something like that and sell it, you need to do some post. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. No kidding. Sounds like they were just selling it because it was a 3D printed item. So. Having and, it look 3D printed was probably a benefit for what they were going for. Well, in uh, the one 3D printing podcast that I have, like I, I've talked about them before, they're very much more commercial-oriented mm -hmm. um, 3D printing. But they've talked about things like uh, printing for the sake of saying it's 3D printed. Yeah. And it's not necessarily good quality or a good idea even. Yeah. And uh, I feel like whoever it is that did this dragon was right there on the, the cusp of probably shouldn't have even put the effort into it. <laughs> Jeez, that's awful. That but poor quality. Yeah. You get some really nice 3D printed stuff out there, but this these dragons were not one of them. Anyway, that that's my week. Just the tops and taking orders, I guess, from my mother-in-law. 
Yeah. <laughs> commission. Getting a commission from my mother-in-law. She doesn't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think some of it's just the well, idea about it too. You at know, at least you're. Be hurt. Yeah. At least your in-laws are accepting that you know your effort is worth some monetary value. You know. Yeah. I, I and, had to. And, build, I had to. I had to bang that into my in-laws' head a little bit. You know, if I'm gonna fix your car, you're gonna. You know. Pay me something for it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> kidding. Yeah. Oh, um, I was just reminded. There was another thing I I've been kind of passively researching for a little while, and it's these uh, tube knitters, tube knitting oh. machines. I shared okay. a video in the Discord. You know, it's funny. Um, just on this topic, when you when you posted that uh, earlier this week, um, it. It rem- rem- reminded me of a my my daughter has a simplified version of that that you actually just buy at the local craft store that she mm-hmm. got as a as a gift and you use it to knit hats with yarn. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's basically a simple. And I look at that and I'm like, oh wow, I could print something just as good and just as sturdy very easily for like um, dirt cheap versus the you know, 15 bucks that it was sold for. You know, yeah. So the one that I shared, uh, it has like a third of as, as many teeth or splines. as that it, thing It's does. kind of smallish. This one. Anyway, the, the guy's a blacksmith. That's what okay. he does most of his videos about. And he decided to play with his CAD machine and design his own version of this. Most of the knitting machines have got like a crank on the side of the machine instead of separated the way his has. Yeah. Um, but they're still the same basic design. Um, anyway, I, I would like to design something like that. <laughs> Excuse me. That'd be fun to put something like that together. Yeah. Um, maybe actually finish the project I've been working on for my mom for the last eight years. Yeah, you know, sit I, down I, and spend ten minutes just cranking the thing and get it done. Yeah, <laughs> I, I totally, yeah, I totally hear you because, like, you know, sometimes you just get thro- projects thrown on you. Like you're like, I didn't even want this to be a project, but now it is, and so it gets put on the back burner. And now you're, you know, li- list of ten or twenty things deep, and you're like, okay, one at a time. Get one finished before you even think about accepting another thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and in my case, it's really a matter of been crocheting this scarf out of yarn that my mom has had since she was in university. And I think that some of it might've even come from my grandmother. Um, now that I think about it anyway, the whole point was I was going to do this thing for her because it had been sitting in storage my whole life. Yeah. And I've got, 10 inches worth of crochet done (laughs) (laughs) length. And it's like, if I can just get this done and crank it out, literally, you know, crank the thing and spin it out and give it to her before she dies (laughs) of old age. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think I can be happy with that. And as much, as much knitting as I have done, and crochet. I, I just, for whatever reason, I haven't put time into this project. And um, I'm feeling the uh, the deadline, as it were. 
Arya. Yeah. Is that a pun? Deadline? It wasn't, but uh, I guess it, it can now. be. <laughs> um, yeah there's that too but anyway that, that's all i've done this week wow nice At least you've been slightly productive that's good moderately productive? yeah yeah andy have you been productive this week no no not at all <laughs> <laughs> i know before the podcast you were talking about your frustrations because you were Still playing with the programming on the fish tank. Knobs. Yeah, yeah. So I've been working on that. I I got a lot of a lot of project time this week. I didn't really put any in during the week, but uh, last night I put a good like three and a half four hours in. Middle of the night, it was wonderful. Got into the flow state for a good long time. It was great, and then decided my approach for what I was trying to do was atrocious, and so I spent the last half hour of the night removing all that work that I did. And now I'm sitting almost in the exact same place. And I feel kind of defeated because, you know, when I think about how long it would take me to do a certain project, I've got a time frame in my head. I, I know about how long it would take me to code something. And um, well, I have been just so wrong when it comes to these microcontrollers. It takes okay. so much more time. Hmm. A, a small bit of advice here, Andy. So you, you sometimes you actually just have to accept that, that it happens sometimes, right? <laughs> that, you know, you forget a tiny little thing and you have to backpedal a lot of work. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I, I, okay. So we, we understand that you that, haven't experienced a lot of failure like this in your life. Andy. <laughs> so, like you, oh, you, you, you normally do with the way you do things. You're so metic meticulously accurate <laughs> that you don't have to backpedal very often, at least from our point of view. And oh, this happens dear. to me every, I would say one out of every 10 car jobs that I end up having to do, um, like things get intricate. Well, let I misplace a little sensor or a specific, a specific nut or something. Yeah. And I don't put it on and I put two or, and I, and I, and I, and I do another two hours worth of work or whatever, putting it back together. And then I get to my tray and I'm like, where does this go? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. And I have to take all that stuff back off. Spend yeah. another hour or two getting that stuff back off, putting the one thing back where it should have been, and then putting the rest of it back together. Yeah. I'm not one, yeah. I'm not one of those guys that is going to say, eh, it's not a big deal because, you know, it's, it's not going to affect anything, blah, blah, blah. If it was uh, there, it has to go back. Unlike with a vending yeah. machine, if you have extra parts, something is wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. actually one of my favorite jokes is, is like, I'll take a few, a few of the extra nuts or nuts or bolts that I collect from the junkyard that I've got in my drawer. I'll, I'll, I'll take a couple of those and li leave them on my tray on purpose. And then when <laughs> uh, they come to pick up their car, I'll be like, Oh yeah, yeah, it's all done. But I had a couple extra nuts and bolts. You don't need to worry about that. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my favorite awesome. jokes. Yeah, I don't know if one. they can. I don't know if they can still get away with it. Um, when I worked at Lagoon, our local amusement amusement park, park I guess is the best description for it. Yeah, yeah, um, the slingshot, right? Well, I used to work on the uh, Sky Coaster, which is a giant 150-foot-tall swing. Yeah, it's and, like a slingshot um, ride. Uh, yeah. No, no, the slingshot is 
a different one. This one, like I said, is a swing. It's got the big arch and swings you out and you fly out over the park. All right, a little bit yeah. And okay. I come back. Yeah. They use some really intense over accountability for the stuff that they put you in, like um, the small uh, flight suit, they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's basically hang gliding gear. But the small okay. suit, the ones that are built for young people, yeah. Um, when you're doing your inspection on it, you're doing it from the perspective of any phrase are bad. Okay. And when there's not any phrase, those little suits can fly three thousand pounds. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. They, so, so they they are very careful to make sure everybody is safe and doing all this stuff. Yeah. As an operator, we used to have fun. Because they use a, uh, it's, it comes from the idea of a parachute ripcord, where um, it's what they call a three ring ripcord, where it's sturdy. You know, you got a big ring and a little ring through it, and then the ripcord holding it all together. So it's really sturdy. I guess it's three rings, not just two. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, but it's really strong. It's not going to go anywhere until you pull out the cord and then it opens up. Yeah. Well, when you're taking stuff off of the ride, it's two parts. And so you're picking them up and dropping them in your bag. And if you have one group coming off, well, you've got another group going on. <laughs> I see where this is going. <laughs> you have pieces that are separate in your bag while you're hanging people up. And you end yeah. up doing things like uh, you drop a piece in front of them. And someone goes, <laughs> freaks out. What is that? It's like... Oh, don't worry about that. You have to worry about the one that's got the red tab on it. If you're going to worry about anything, you go on a couple of seconds later, you drop the one with the red tab. And they freak out. And it's like, oh, no, not that one with the red tab. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, beautiful. But, yeah, that that was always fun. The only one that was more fun than that. Sorry, Chris. I just took over your whole section. Oh, no, it's okay. Keep going. Um, the only one that was more fun than that was when they couldn't decide who was going to pull the rift cord. Okay. And sometimes, you know, you just said random to be able to do it. And sometimes you put them all together. So it doesn't matter who pulls it. <laughs> okay. That's a good idea. <laughs> and, you know, it, you tell them, I, I, I wasn't paying attention who, whoever it is that gets it, gets it. And so they don't expect to be the one to pull it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah i always felt like that was a better surprise than well it wasn't this person maybe it's that person or maybe it's me you know got it the <laughs> yeah. first time um yeah cool. <laughs> that's in the, the realm of uh getting a can of elbow grease for the new person you know yeah yeah or, or find uh, the rack stretcher or, or the pipe stretcher yeah Yep, yep, yep. Um, My favorite one is actually from the Navy. It's uh, sound-powered phone batteries. (laughs) I love it. Good one. Yeah. It's probably apocryphal, but uh, there's a story of a kid that spent a whole day running around the ship trying to find the batteries and every department he went to, they were like, ah, no, we don't have any, but maybe there's some at the other end of the ship in this other department. So they run over there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
Well, thinking about it, I am I am gullible. And I am <laughs> I, 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 I I I think the best of anybody when I first meet them and whatever else. And yeah, that would totally be me. <laughs> and I'd do, be doing it happily going. Nee, nee, nee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, I got, uh, I got sent on one of those journeys for one job so far. It was only once, but it did last like half an hour, which is a long time looking for a rack stretcher. And everybody <laughs> played along perfectly and convinced me and, I never caught on. <laughs> the only other one that comes to mind is one my mom tells this. Uh, when she was young, for, for all of our uh, our younger listeners, uh, the auto parts store used to not have computers. <laughs> it used to have a reference book. A big reference. Think of a uh, Bible, except maybe three times as thick. You, you, you know the pictures of the... Uh, the abridged cliff notes on how to understand women and it's the four <laughs> foot tall book. Yeah. Um, it's like that. Um, so, or they'd have a stack of five, of five of those, you know, and they'd have to see which part you were looking for with, to know which book to reference. <laughs> so, so my mother, well, my uncle was helping my mother by working on the car and she probably meant well, but I can imagine that she was getting in the way more than she was helping. Okay. So my uncle asked her to run to the parts store and get a clockwise chrome-plated muffler bearing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Which is funny because now you can get those. Uh, <laughs> so she got in there and the, the guy behind the counter, obviously knew that someone was just trying to get her out of their hair for a couple of minutes. <laughs> so he cracks open the book and he says, okay, what model year? And he flips to, you know, <laughs> okay. Jeez. Uh, these ones are brass. Uh, <laughs> we, model year. I think that worked with this model year. So he went to the other side of the book and flipped around. Okay. That one's Chrome. But you said he needed <laughs> clockwise. Oh, where's, where's the clockwise ones? You know. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I've never oh. heard of that particular one. The chrome-plated clockwise muffler. turning muffler bearing. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a beautiful but, thing right there. Uh, but now you can get muffler bearings. People put them in their mufflers on purpose now. Uh, oh, really? To make them louder. Yeah. It's got a thing on it that spins with the... <laughs> yep. I believe it. I, I don't get why people do that to their cars. It sounds like there's something wrong. With, with all the uh, exhaust, the, the catalytic converter thefts that are going on, you hear cars running down the road like that, you always just think, ah, oh, they must have got their cat stolen because that sounds off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I had a Nissan behind me yesterday that was doing that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like... I'm making my car, I am taking a part of my car and I am breaking it because the muffler is meant to make the car quiet and yeah. I am doing the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making my car louder. Okay. It's like people that, you know, lower their, you know, make lowriders out of their trucks. I'm like, you just completely ruined the concept of that truck because now you cannot haul anything in it because it's so low to the ground. If you put any more weight in it, you can't go over <laughs> a speed bump. <laughs> 
You know, no I saw a short the other day. Somebody had a, a high, a, presumably a highly tuned car. They at least had the ground effects and it was lower and all that stuff, right? Okay. And they're driving. And I think it was the freeway, but there was a, a decent bump that they hit and they caught air. <laughs> <laughs> and then they came down and moved to the uh the left lane but i'm just sitting here going okay number one i i've never understood why the racers have the uh the camber like they have a serious amount of inside camber like you look at it and go i could have done better than that with a uh a, a spirit level um, well, not okay. only that, I, I look My at it and eyeball. having busted tires, you know, for even a couple of years, I looked at that and go, they're oh, going to last and, for like two weeks. And they're low profile <laughs> tires too. So there's literally an inch between the bottom of the tread and the rim. And with yeah. that low profile, they got like a quarter inch. It's like, why would you do this? It doesn't serve any purpose. You're not on the oval track. There's no yeah. reason for you to have this kind of caster or camber. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. If you were doing ovals, if you were on the oval track, I would get it because you're trying to cancel that outside force. But no. <laughs> yeah. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> no um, yeah. No, but yeah. So, what did you do? To, uh, what did you do this week, Andy? Oh, or did oh. you want to comment on on uh, some something that we got distracted by because no, Kevin isn't I, I here to glare a, at us? <laughs> yeah, I just had a brain fart during that interrupt, so I apologize for that. That wasn't uh, the correct way to approach that. But uh, oh, but yeah. So, stayed up last night, worked on my thing. Um, it looks good. It's coming along great. The menu structure is really pretty. It's it's a lot prettier than when I look to see examples of what other people have done with similar setups. Like they don't really do like the scrolling menu structure and all that. And, like my whole thing is only about five or six hundred bytes so far. It's really small and still doing all this stuff. So it's being coded well and will be easily moved into different projects. So even though this is kind of stupid for the fan. I don't have a nice like menu structure for components like this I could use. So it'd be something I'd be able to push down later. So I am coding it in a way that would make it really easy for me to move it into a different project or reuse it. Play mm. screen. Yeah. So. And he's going to upgrade his thermostat with a potentiometer. <laughs> oh. why, would, why would he do that? All, all he wants <laughs> to do is say, yes, turn on for the next half an hour. And then. <laughs> <laughs> like I've showed you guys my thermostat, right? Like it's not dorky. <laughs> no, it's it, it's it's pretty nerdy, admittedly. <laughs> but the interface is like super mundane. Yeah, that was the first <laughs> interface I'd ever tried to do before. So that's what you get on the first first trial with with that particular kind of display. So well, I think and I've gotten a little bit better at it. But th there's the other point where. It was the replacement for the timer. Yeah, yeah. And, and the timer was just to, uh, like, you had the thermostat set at a low temperature. Mm -hmm. And the timer was just, if the house is cold, run the heater. Like, it would run the heater full time for however long you crank it up. 
and then just slowly work its way back down to neutral low. Mm -hmm. And uh, your new thermostat does the same thing, right? It's just uh, harder to interfere with. Yeah, we fell in love with it. So, like, back in the day, had a normal thermostat, and we were trying to save money. You know, there wasn't a lot of money going around, So, and heat is really expensive. And uh, so, after a little while of using a normal thermostat, um, I wound up putting, replacing the thermostat with a, not replacing, but adding a timer, just a, a wall mechanical timer switch for an hour to it. And I took the buttons off of the thermostat so people couldn't adjust the temperature. And I turned the temperature down to 55 degrees because the thermostat's job was now to stop the house from freezing, not to keep comfortable temperatures. If you are cold, you can come up and you can turn the knob. Now, the idea with that is to get longer burn times out of the furnace. You know, these little 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there burn time was a lot of heat going up the exhaust during the startup and shutdown. So let's do longer time, longer burn times, keep the heat exchanger hot and also keep it around for longer because you cause damage to the heat exchanger by the cool up and, and or the heat up and the cooling down, not keeping it hot. So, uh, so it seemed to have a lot of good things. We put that hour timer on there. And then that year, my uh, heating bill was about half. Um, yep, I paid super effective. Yeah. And, and on top of it too, I stopped having to complain about people turning up the heat. They could turn up the heat anytime they were cold and nobody would complain or anything like that because it was so much cheaper and you could abuse it if you wanted to. And it was fine because even abusing it was less than running it on the thermostat. So, yeah, I I remember your your favorite um, complaint was people turning on the heat to warm up their room. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. They'd go turn up the. Oh, that was terrible. It was so effective, though, that, you know, when I bought a house, I ended up adopting it you know and yeah having do you, you, help do you me still use it to this it. day no no i ended up upgrading to my nest so i can do the same thing but just from uh, my phone so nice. nice does the nest give timer options or are you just setting the thermostat um it has all kinds of programmable options so but are they do, all temperature based um, yeah uh, they so... are temperature based or you can just or you can just manually kick it on for you X can set of, timers for it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and cool. and the nice thing that I found, I mean, I could do it with the other heater that we had, mm-hmm. uh, but with the Nest, um, you can set the schedule however you want it. Okay. And we had it integrated with our security system, so when we were gone, it would just let the temperature get to a minimum temperature. Okay. And then when we came in and disarmed the alarm, it would warm up the condo. And if we had the foresight to turn it on before then, it would warm up the condo yeah. and then we'd walk in and, and everything's honky dory. Yep. And That's because ours cool. is and yeah, and because ours is linked to our Google accounts, uh and at, if we have location services turned on on our phones, when it knows that me and Holly are away, it'll do the same thing. That's so. convenient. That's neat. That's neat. I'm I'm glad that a lot of those things uh, have come around to that just because of how much it, it saves. Uh, this last year, I paid $250 for the furnace for the whole year last year. So it's just like the amount of money that that saves is just huge. And then since I made my own upstairs, like I can let the kids use it all they want. They go up there. It's touch screen. You can hit it to, to start it up for an hour. It's really simple. And It'll do things like 
if the temperature gets a little bit too high, it won't turn on with the, the timer mode, you know, um, to make it so the kids are just playing with it or whatnot. And I've got real young kids that like to go up and just hear it beep. So <laughs> like detecting like this button has been pushed five or six times all within the last, you know, two seconds. Let's just ignore these presses here for a little while and maybe disable for five minutes until <laughs> they get bored of it and then unlock again, you know? And it, so it's been great having those kinds of Wow. Controls, but... he, you've got a kid's mode on your thermostat. That's, that's incredible. Oh, yeah, totally. If you ever go to, like, use my thermostat and you hit it too many times, it'll lock you out for a minute. And that's to let the kids get bored and walk away because it stops beeping and doing things, you know? Right. But... Uh, but yeah, I bet they don't also, even like, do that anymore, do they? No, not really. And the kids run the furnace when they're cold. It's really nice. I mean, right now I, I got it shut off downstairs during the summertime. Mm -hmm. So I control the winter and summertime shut off and turn on and stuff. But when the furnace is functionable, when it's on, they can go up and hit it anytime they want. And my kids are, you know, my youngest is uh, four and he will turn on the furnace and that's okay in our household. It's not a problem at all. And it's, it doesn't really cost any money because it's just so cheap to heat the house now. And now I'm running into the problems of I've got all single pane glass in my house. I need new windows in my house. Because your house is 80 years old. Yeah, but there's no financial reason to get them. It's not going to really <laughs> save me in the heating bill. That 250 a year charge might go down to like $200 a year. And great. So over the course of, you know, 20 years, I've saved what, you know, thousand dollars or something over 20 years by changing the windows. That's not worth the $15,000 it's going to cost to get the windows done. And part of that cost, honestly, is because you're going to have to dig out a well and put a, a window bigger than your head <laughs> to crawl out of in the event of an emergency. So Probably thankfully, on one more I, window. I did that with my downstairs rooms already. So both of my rooms that are downstairs too, because the big one that you lived in is a air quotes office. So. Oh, <laughs> in other words, the roommate that lived in there wasn't as important as the person that owned the house. I got you. Hey, That's being fine. Expendable. Yeah. Being expendable yeah, you I'm sure you could have climbed your butt out of that tiny little window when you lived here, right, Frankie? <laughs> if, the, if the house was on no, fire, I, I'm pretty sure he could have. Honestly, I compromised that window after year three or four living there <laughs> yeah. by screwing some boards together around an AC unit. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that, no, that, I, I couldn't have gotten out. <laughs> yeah, and the, the air conditioner is still there. It's still there. And I, I put an air conditioner, a window air conditioner in, in my room, too, in the tiny window, because it's got two windows in that room, a big one you can climb out of and a tiny one. But uh, I, I used the old way the windows fold out to attach mm -hmm. the air conditioner. So the air conditioner can just lift out if you needed to. And I've got it caulked in place, so it's not moving anywhere, but it wouldn't take very much to just push on it and, you know, let the, clock, the caulk release and, and have it undo. But because uh, during a fire, me and my wife are probably likely more likely to use the small window to get out of the house if something was wrong than the big window. But uh, honestly, yeah. you guys being who you are, I would expect you both to run upstairs and make sure that the kids are safe rather than jump out. So, oh, yeah, the, the window is almost pointless mm -hmm. as an escape route anyway. 
Yeah. Well, unless, to a degree. I mean, I imagine if the hallway area was engulfed in flames or something, we probably go would be going out, out the, the windows door. and into the windows that their their rooms are at to get Indeed. them out. But uh, yeah, yeah. At least my son that lives down here in these small windows knows how to escape out the window um, if needed. Like, so you, there's you that. learned like, the hard we, way. That that sounded like experience there. <laughs> like, no, you thankfully it's the not. I. I I went and showed him how to do it, so it's it's not really that big. Like, if there's any reason you can't get out your door, this is another exit. Let me show you how to push the screen out. You open the window and push. Those windows are nice and simple ones. There's nothing mm-hmm. special you have to do. You physically push the screen out, and it pops out, and then right. it's good. So he doesn't have to know a whole lot. And the the hole, the well, window well, is like two feet. I think it's maybe even less, like 18 inches or so. Um, so it's plenty easy enough to be able to climb out as long as he can climb up to his window. And he's done mm-hmm. that before, so I think he's good there. You guys but, are reminding uh, me of the time uh, we uh, we all escaped out that window because the, <laughs> <laughs> the we didn't want the girls to know we were trying to get down to the corner store or something. I can't remember what. what yeah, no, what it was. Uh, was I back then? They thought that so the girls thought it would be funny to take one of our roommates and dress him up. And they loved that so much in his big dress. This was before he started doing it on his own um, <laughs> that, uh, that they were trying to, to get the rest of us to join in and cross dress. And they chased us down the stairs and we went out the window and to the store. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I, I wasn't there was, for that. I don't think it was funny from our perspective, I think jumping out the window and stuff. But um, I remember coming back in and, and talking to the wife and stuff like that. It was like an insulting thing for them that we all just bolted like that. So it wasn't necessarily too positive from their perspective that they just wanted to bring us in and have fun. And then we just took took off, you know. So Yeah, I feel I, like I my wife participated less... in that. So it, when we were dating... I don't remember escaping out that window at all. Really? This is weird. I know it was me we, and Andy. We did talk yeah. earlier before the podcast. I have been categor- categorized as being in the bottom 10th percentile for memory. Yeah. I hate this as an answer for not remembering something, but that might be yeah. why. Yeah, or uh, an explanation for why I don't remember this. Yeah, the big sure. deal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that one was pretty burned into my memory on that particular one. I remember that one well. So I, hmm. I think it was a learning lesson for for both of us girls, learning that you know that's just something that we we weren't particularly interested in doing, and that we shouldn't just up and ditch them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no well. kidding. But it, I mean, we were young too, so wasn't no big yep. deal. It wasn't bad. It wasn't necessarily good, but uh, it was just something. <laughs> but yeah, onto the 3D printing thing again. Um, I uh, I ordered a, a, a Elegoo Mars. Finally. Okay. Good deal. I'm get the SLA printer. That's coming in the mail here. And before I use it, though, I've got some FDM builds I need to do. Um, I need to come up with the three-way for the uh, dryer exhaust vent and I've decided to do your check valve system that you thought about there Frank I think your okay. idea would have been best for that than a manual valve um, I've got my ducted fan or I've got a fan 
that I'm going to make ducted. And so that should give me the airflow that I need. I'm um, going to do a simple project for this. I'm going to use a microcontroller to control it, but I'm just going to be done with it. Use a potentiometer <laughs> to control the speed. And I'm not going to go complicated on it. I am going to use a development board, though, so that I can have the USB sticking out. So if I do want to change it later, I can. But, uh, um, yeah, we're going to go with this. And I, I'm also contemplating putting a magnet on the check valve on the three-way and using a hall sensor to detect how far open the valve goes and then have the speed controller actually base it off of the airflow through the system and not the speed of the fan and have it automatically control the speed of the fan. So if the dryer's running at the same time and you have less airflow it can push out, it'll overcompensate automatically to make sure I'm getting the airflow I want and whatnot. So, And this motor here... I mean, it's a uh, it's a, a three phase motor will push well more than mm. I would ever need. So Weird. I should be able to run this Let's slowly. What's that? Oh, I'm like I'm looking at that, and that looks like drone parts. Oh yeah, it is. It's, it's not for a drone. They're typically used for like RC heli or RC airplanes. But uh, oh, okay, they're, they're pretty nice. But th these are Same cheap. So like okay. seven dollars for this, and it's a very high powered motor. So. Especially when it comes to drones, it's just an electric motor with a, a blade on it. So, <laughs> well balanced yeah. blade, by the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we're gonna go with that. And um, as far as the the uh, units themselves, I, I noticed a lot of these SLA printers when they do the air purification and stuff like that, they're not like venting the air from the inside of the unit. I looked at a lot of these, and it's like a air filter that plugs into the printer but it's just filtering the air around the printer they're dumb i don't see why they would even work air around the printer or in the yeah. printer like inside so of the like chamber doesn't even not have a hood nope yeah well they got a hood but it's not like sucking air from inside the hood it's just on the outside plugged into the printer for power and it's like an air filter that's just purifying the air in the vicinity oh well, then again, if you've got a positive airflow, it's going to get most of that anyway. Uh, so, yeah. with what I'm going to do, I'm going to go down to the lows here and get some plexiglass. As soon as I know how big the footprint, both the cleaning station, the cleaning cure station, and the Mars is next to each other, so I can have a footprint, um, I'm going to go down and get some plexiglass cut that I can make a box that's open on the bottom that I can mm -hmm. just caulk together. Nice and simple. Drill a couple holes near the top on the front of the box. I could 3D print some plastic vents on it so I can, you know, let it suck air in through those. And then on the back of the bottom of this box, I'm going to cut like a U-shape. And then as far as the vent goes, I'm going to have the vent have a plastic U-shape that the box just sits on top of. So whenever I want to use the printer, I pull the box, the, the big hood off, the big plexiglass hood off use the printer, do whatever I need to do, put the hood back on and then turn on the vent and it will just, you know, be sucking the air out of the hood itself. And I think that will get rid of the smell, but the stupid little air filter that they give you, I doubt does a whole lot. It doesn't look like it would no different huh. than if you just bought a normal carbon um, air filter with, you know, a fan on it that you stuck near the printer. That's what they seem to be. So, um, what I think it's an interesting to... detail. I, 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 Occam's razor, mm -hmm. the assumption or the, 
what is it? The, the simplest, simplest version. No, 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 no. That that's the colloquial media version. Um, the answer that requires the fewest assumptions. Okay. Yeah. Is preferable to one that requires a lot of assumptions. Yeah. I would say let's double check when it comes in. Because uh-huh. we're making assumptions that it just plugs in. Maybe there's something that you couldn't see in the photos. And if possibly, uh, yeah, let, let, let's table this until you can take it apart and actually inspect it and give it actual feedback. Okay. So that we're not starting with this is going to be an issue. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I, I'm not saying it's just related to the bars here that has this problem. I think it's what most of these SLA printer companies are doing. I don't, it doesn't really look like a lot of them have a filter that filters the air. But, but then there's two, like if you're sucking the air out of the unit itself, out from under its hood and filtering that out, you're just giving away more room, more ability of the resin to, of, um, um, automize uh, to particleize to get into the air. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it wouldn't make sense for it to pull the air out of the unit and filter it anyway. So I, I, I don't think that would be a solution either. It's just the that's what I thought it did for some reason. But knowing now or seeing some of these ones where the filters just got USB power from the the thing, and it's just filtering the air around it. I can't, I mean, unless you're going to go complicated, like with what I'm doing and putting a, a hood in um, to vent it out to outside, if it's just going to be inside, I don't know any other better way to do it than the way they've done it. So it's just, yeah. I don't suspect that is going to work to my wife's requirements. And that's yeah. why I'm going to build a hood for mine. So I was thinking, actually, it would be real easy to upgrade your filter system just with an air box from from a junkyard, you know, like a car air box, they have the round, you know, setup. They, they, they have the, they, they have the round filter through. Oh, you mean like wheels. for the, uh, so an actual air filter, like you use for your car engine. That I haven't seen, I, that, I haven't seen a proper. Yeah. I haven't seen a proper round air filter on a car. That's newer than like, 89 90 no that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking to the, the whole air box the box itself has has round input and round output on a lot of cars so the the, the, the filter itself is still square or rectangular or whatever but the connectors on either side of it are still roundish mm-hmm. so the, so with the filter doesn't have any ports on it yeah so see. i'm showing a picture of uh Let's see, I believe these are ones that Elego, Elego uses. And uh, you can see the bottom of the filter there. It doesn't have any airflow into it. It's just using it for power. And it's just, I mean, that, that bottom section does have a bunch of vent holes in it. Was but, that a um, port that it slides into, though? Like the whole filter? Or is it just the USB? Yeah, it's just the USB. And it just sits on top of the machine. You can kind of see the top of the machine there in that yeah. photo. But um, uh, but I don't know. I think it would be bad if it was pulling air from the inside of the machine and filtering it. That wouldn't make any sense either. This actually looks like the best solution for it. It's just not a solution that I think would work well enough. Right. I want I want to hmm. be able to use a resin printer inside of a living area, not a living yeah, a living area of my home. And I think the only way I'm going to do that is to make sure all the air that's around that printer is always vented. 
yeah, active with a vented outside. Oh, hmm. okay. And so you're not going to put a filter in between this at all. You're just going to have a hood with a fan, just suck, blowing it out. Yep, okay. Yep. Just, just sucking, just keeping a little bit of negative air pressure inside of the hood. So I'm not like drawing a lot of air past the printer because I don't want to cycle new air into it that then can get, you know, fumed with uh, the, uh, the resin. So if I can keep it just enough where it's not leaking outside of the box, that generally it's sucking air into the box is all I really need. Another reason why I'm thinking about uh, doing the fan based off of the velocity of the air and not the speed of the fan itself. Right. In which can, case, yeah, you can completely yeah. disregard what I said about the filter because I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you can easily put a car filter in line with your outside venting stuff <laughs> no i mean and that would work and i've, I've got another the thing that could wind up being a problem that i'm going to have to see and that is that side of the house has my water cooler on it so is my water cooler gonna go and pull that smell back into the house and put it back upstairs you know oh, so good i've got point. a little bit so. a little bit of experimenting to do i don't know if this is something so. that i will only be able to use when i've got the cooler off upstairs or what so because, yeah, we use water cooling for the house. During the summertime, we keep the air circulating through the house. I, I got a big cooler that blows in through a window, and that circulates around the entire main living room and then goes up the attic and out through the attic vents. That keeps my attic nice and cool. My attic is only a couple of degrees warmer than the upstairs in the house, so it's nice and cool. And then I've got my son's room downstairs that we leave the window open. And since there's a positive air pressure in the house, I've got some of that air is moving downstairs, moving through the basement to the very last room in the house blowing out. So almost the entire house is the same temperature when it's being cooled like this, but it's all open windows, air moving out, constantly moving through the house. So if I'm blowing fumes out the back, you know, of it, then that could be an issue. So doing something like an air filter might be something I might try to visit. If I can just build a 3D printed air filter where I could just buy activated charcoal, fill it up inside of a, a cell or whatever that I could just slip into the unit before, mm. you know, as it's blowing it out, then that might be something that would make it getting sucked back in a little better. So well, I was thinking something more along the lines of a KNN filter, something that you can clean out yourself anytime you want. But well, th that might work for like dust particles and stuff, but do you think it would work well for the, the resin fumes? It's uh, basically I think it a HEPA filter, oil, isn't it, Chris? It's, well, K&N filters are oil-based, so when you clean them, oh. you spray them back down with oil, and then, so I would think the particulates would grab really well to that, like on a K&N oh. filter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, let, let's put that on the, let's, let's consider that. I, I think I'm going to start first off with the simple hood design, just blowing it outside. That, I'm pretty certain, will solve any smell issues from the laundry room in further into the house. I think that'll keep it outside, but if I have a problem with it coming back inside. Then I might check into filters and stuff like that. I bet a little mm -hmm. bit of searching online. I bet there's a lot of people that have tried to find the best ways to filter it out. I do think the filters that like, uh, that I was showing you guys here, I think they are activated yeah. carbon, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. They just look like activated carbon filters, mm. but I don't know for sure this is a this is a nice time to not have the kevin <laughs> yeah no, no kidding no kidding but i'm excited i'm starting my journey into sla printing 
And we'll hopefully be able to soon join Kevin being, uh, what would you call it, uh, multi high res type? <laughs> Ambidextrous? Yeah. Uh, 4K printer? <laughs> uh, nine. The Mars nine. that I got is a 9K. So. Ooh, and it's, man. it's a smaller one, and it's supposedly one of the highest resolution you can buy because it's 9K, but it's in a smaller bed. It's the same, mm-hmm. almost the same size as Kevin's is. Which Kevin was saying that that was too small that he wanted to go bigger, but you know after all the talking and stuff that we did, I think actually sticking to the smaller one would be better for me. Yeah, so because um, I'm much more likely to use the printer a lot less and use it for small things. And use so it I for smaller that, fittings, whereas he's trying to do uh, figures and stuff. Statues. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh that's that's my day. I think with mm. or my with 3d printing um hoping to work on my project uh, the wife has got me on a project the projects keep on adding up and i just can't get through them fast enough for the fun projects you know not even the to-do list stuff for that I, I have to alternate because yeah. if i don't alternate i it ends up feeling like a chore and i don't want yeah. my printer to be a chore so i alternate things that need to get done with things that i want to do yeah so uh She's going to be doing for um, her, what's it called? Uh, Fanex Comic Con that's coming up. Cosplay. The Salt Lake yeah. version of Comic Con. Yeah. yeah. So my boss does Fanex too, and we can't call it Comic Con officially. Yeah, I think, I think you're right yeah, too. Because San Diego. Going on with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, it's, so what it's happened was. Fanex, yeah. So what happened was um, the folks at Salt Lake. We're calling it Comic-Con, but they sent people down to advertise for the Salt Lake Comic-Con at the San Diego Comic-Con, and the San Diego like people it. took issue with it. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, whatever. Anyway, so now they're not. nobody else is allowed to use Comic-Con because San Diego, it, or at least the people that organized it, have the right to use the name, and everybody else just calls it fan experience now yeah yeah that, that sounds good but anyway <laughs> she's going to be doing beetlejuice for one of her cosplays and uh like female like gender bending cross uh, doing beetlejuice herself not uh Olivia, uh i think is the name but uh so that, that's that's a that's something for her but she um she was worried about the costume being recognizable and so she thought she would get a sandworm plushie that she could wear on her shoulder or something, call it a sandworm baby or something. And then uh, that led into, we should make it animatronic. So it moves around and things. Actually, here's a crazy bad idea for you to run by her. Because all she needs is that visual cue, right? Because Uh some of the younger people may not recognize Beetlejuice. If she just had a pin... That would be enough of the visual cue, and she wouldn't have to handle it. A pin? I was... Yeah. Just like something that she pins on the the blazer. Oh. Oh. Well, I don't think she wants to spell it out to people. She just wants to make it more recognizable as a costume. Well, and and that's what I'm saying. When when it's, you know, on her shoulder and animatronic, it's something that she has to be mindful of and handle. Whereas if it's a pin, it's just on the costume. Like have a, you guys seen those 
have you guys seen those costumes with the dragon handler where they actually make a dragon puppet out of one of their arms and have the fake arm? Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun cool. to do with the that would be fun to do with the sandworm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you know, well, so my, yeah. my wife with her costumes I was really big into prop building. So yeah, like, I, I do anytime, remember that. Anytime she does a prop, like if she does a character that's got a sword or something, expect the sword to be like two and a half times bigger than it is in the video game or whatever. So, or she, at least she, bigger than the character because all video games have swords that are times as big as the characters. Yeah, yeah, but like like last year, one of the ones that she did was they uh, there was the whole uh, Mario thing with the crowns that turned you into princesses or whatever, and so <clears> she was going to be part of a group that did some of the different characters as this, this princess thing. And uh, so she decided to do the, um, the um, what's it called? The uh, piranha plant, which yeah. sounds fun at first. You look online, there's a lot of people that did like a piranha plant kind of costume. But uh, Jenny has got to be one of the only ones I've ever seen that dressed herself mostly as a green tube so that only <laughs> her head popped out as the piranha plant. And just, and it's got a dress with it and all that. In fact, like, that's part of it right there you know <laughs> but uh, so she's really big into these big costume things so it's on top of making the costume recognizable she's trying to add to the costume as well and make it sure. funner to do so just spelling it out on the costume i'm beetlejuice or whatever is is you know a, a little bit afar for what she's normally done but uh and i really um, wasn't taking that into account so no, no, you're fine. But so I, I was talking to her about it. It's like, that would be a fun project to do. We've talked about doing animatronics before for Halloween um, mm -hmm. outside here and stuff. And this was back when I was using the Stellaris microcontrollers and stuff back. I think when you were even living with me and I was kind of starting to learn that stuff. And so I, I could see the, I could see the ability to be able to do that stuff. And with Jenny's cosplay stuff and uh, me and the wife are two totally different kinds of people. So when we, can find stuff that we can do together that's both exciting for us. Animatronic sounded like something that would be because I mean that involves like the 3D printing and DIY side and electronics that I love to deal with and totally involves her cosplay skill and prop building and stuff. But uh, every anytime we sat down and tried to do something, it was just too big and we didn't have any basis to really branch off of, nothing small to really start from. So mm. uh that's where this came about. It's like, wow, that's just a, a worm. And it's just a plushie that she bought. That's, that's the, you know, the sandworm. Okay. And yeah, I was thinking and... well, it would be really easy to adapt one of those uh, uh, animatronic tails, except just flip it the other direction, right? Oh, well, I'm just going to build the whole thing. I'm not using anybody else's stuff. You know, that, well, that's not my way. Well, and <laughs> yeah. to be fair, I was confusing the sandworm from Dune with the sandworm from... Uh, yeah, the Beetlejuice one is the one with uh, so. with with uh, two jaws and teeth and stripes. Yeah. yeah, but looking it over, the um the jaws in it, the, the first pair of jaws are more like a neck. Like in the claymation that they did, the second the first jaw doesn't really do anything. It's like the second jaw is the real head. But uh, uh, you know, we thought that would be a, a, an easy thing to do because we bought two of these plushies. So she can still do her costume as is. And if I'm able to make it animatronic, she'll swap it out for that and make it good. And I've got um, like 10 of these tiny servos here. 
these little tiny servos. And these are cheaper than dirt. You can buy 10 for like $15 and they're fairly strong. And so I'm, I'm hoping I'll be able to like 3d print like two or three of these together to make up the skeleton of the worm. I could pull the, the stuffing out of the worm itself and put these in here, having a couple bend certain ways, a couple rotate, you know, maybe four total or so, maybe five if I try to do something with the jaw. But once I get all these set up, it's not hard to run these on microcontrollers. In fact, the day we came home and we're talking about it, I set one of these up to just go back and forth real quick, just so we can see how strong these things really are. And um, if I add a, a couple of capacitors in line to give them a little bit more amperage available to them, they get pretty strong. So I think these will work. Okay, so you're going to 3D print a little round interface to go from the center of the servo to... Yeah, so uh, I'm just going to pretty much use okay. the servo as like a hinge. And yeah. so I'll have, you know, some of the skeleton come up and attach to the, the servo. And then from the edge will be another section of cell the skeleton. And maybe I'll have one sitting, you know, forward so it can like rotate part of it and just build the skeleton inside of it that can move a couple ways. I mean, in the movie, there's not a whole lot of movement from the sandworm uh, as far as looking around and stuff. So it doesn't have to look around a whole lot. And the plushie that she's got has plastic eyes. So I can take some of those addressable LEDs and I can do some neat stuff with the eyes. And that's running LEDs is something I've done a lot of on other projects too. So all this is stuff mm -hmm. I've done before. And as long as I don't add a freaking display and overcomplicate it, <laughs> I think this might be a fun thing to do. So I'm going to start with that. And then I also want to build the same kind of skeleton with hinges in the same way using potentiometers. And that way, instead of figuring out what degrees these should be going at when they're doing a playback for movement, you know, where you got like recorded movement positions every half a second or something like that, that these follow. Um, one of the things I was thinking to do is if I am able to 3d print the same or a similar kind of stick skeleton where I'm using potentiometers for those hinges, I would be able to make that a controller for it. So I can record motions by hand using that controller that's being driven by potentiometers and then make it these work the same way. And I've done stuff where I've mixed these things two together and it works just fine. So, and then if I want to go even further into it, I've got, let's see, where are these here? I've got some neat little boards. These are uh, part of a development kit for kids learning how to use these, but some of these little modules are pretty cool. I've got this little module here that is an mp3 player just a hmm. tiny little mp3 player it's um already got the sd card keyed out to it and i don't interface with the sd card i interface with the chip telling it like what index number to play it's really simple to interface with and uh tiny little speakers and i think i could make our sandworm even make noise so that would a lot be of cool. ideas i've never like played with enemies yet so i don't know how well it works but that might be uh if this works, maybe I'll do it again. But I don't think I'm going to make the dates for Jenny's costume uh, that she needs done because the Fan X is coming up here in like three weeks. Yep. And uh, I'm not, I can't really start until I get the plushies themselves. But I got my own sandworm plushie that I can mutilate without affecting her costume. So I'm just going to try and see what comes of it. And I'm hoping, really hoping, this will lead me and the wife into being able to do more 
stuff like this. Because if this works well, then if we go to do another one, we'll kind of have a basis of where to start from and be a little bit more, you know, able to do it. So that's mm-hmm. a, another project. But, you know, you guys know me. We're good at coming up with ideas, but the follow through is often the hardest part. So we'll see what actually comes of it. Yeah, you, you got to finish the uh, the fish tank project. Yeah, and, first. and uh, I'm hoping today when I sit down, I've got to finish my chores after our podcast here, but I'm hoping to be able to sit down and revisit again and because it's starting to feel like work. So there's hmm. a chance I might kind of finish up the project a little bit early versus I would say what just I wanted make to it, add to it. Yeah, make, make it functionable and then leave it alone until you want to revisit. And it'll be well, fun again. The only problem about that ground, is, is, is when you, you don't revisit stop, when you revisit a coding project, you most of like a good portion of your time is relearning how you built it <laughs> to begin with. Redesigning the whole thing. There's, there's nothing more 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 permanent than where you left it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I'm hoping to actually finish that project, even if it becomes a little bit of work. But I, I think I'm going to not do a lot of the extras I wanted to because I still need the damn fan. You know, <laughs> my my fish tank's water levels are are pretty hard to keep up with. I've got a big like five gallon jug in there that um, I keep uh, bubbled. So I keep the um, uh, stuff out of it from the tap water, the uh, chlorine out of it, bubble the chlorine out of it. But then I got that five gallons and a little pump that I can turn on to, to top off the fish tanks. And I'm going through like five gallons about maybe one and a half weeks. Every one and a half weeks, I dump five gallons into my tank. That's a lot of evaporation. And today or this weekend, I've got to go and change out my water because I've probably put a good 20 gallons into that 20 gallon tank. So right now I've, I've with doing that, that means I've doubled the amount of mineral content in the water. And I don't have a way to really check the mineral content other than checking the hard water. And uh, my hard water on it has gone up quite a lot, still within reason for my fish. But there's stuff in mineral-wise in our water that I can't measure that's fine if you're not condensing it. So I got I to gotta do something with that. Mm. But yeah, sorry about that. Did we, uh, did we visit with Chris and what he did on his printer? I don't remember. Well, well, what did you do? I'll keep talking if you let me. That's not fair to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we have a podcast, Andy. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, I was talking to my brother yesterday, and uh, one of the things that we came up with or that we were talking about is my – we were talking about flaws that we've had, and uh, that's why it was funny that you brought up flaws earlier uh, that you keep when you grow up. And one of mine is like wanting to – like the little kid, like you have a relative come over and you see the little kids run out wanting to show every toy they have to their, their relative, right? That has never left me. <laughs> I'm still that annoying kid who just wants to show everything off and, ooh, look what I can do, you know, all the time. So Ugh. this podcast has been a hell of an event for that. But That's why yeah. we're friends. One of the reasons <laughs> why we're friends. <laughs> I, I know yeah, this is a flaw fair. of mine. I appreciate you guys putting up with me and, and saying the nice things on the message board when I leave novels and you're like, that's great, Andy. Good job. And then let's move on now because that's the 10th time I've had to say that today. <laughs> and you're also still super self-conscious about it. And you end them all with thanks for letting me share. 
Yeah, well, that's even though like we had a choice in the matter. Oh, see, yeah, that's what I'm trying to avoid right there. I don't want to be a burden to anybody. But we're, no, we're interested in a lot of the same I kinds joke. of things, so we end up going, that's actually genuinely cool. We think it's like, <laughs> hey, that's actually pretty dang cool. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I end up wanting to do half of the things you post, so I mean. Oh, that makes me feel good. Well, thank <laughs> you, you got know. me wondering how I can fit some coding projects into my uh, intensive schedule, so. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, as fault. you were saying before I fell off and started so, talking again. Before Chris. he redirected us okay, again, Chris. So, yeah, so <laughs> uh, immediate, immediately after our podcast last week, um, you guys remember I was showing you off that purple dragon and figuring out what yeah. was going on with... So I, I, I decided that be, before saying that my nozzle is bad, mm-hmm. I took it off and put it on the optical comparator at work. Oh, that's a neat thing that you've got to do. And it's not really worn out. You know, it's within a like uh, a couple of tenths of what you'd expect. So, no, not really worn and out that much. And it's brass on a hobby printer. So that's probably about as accurate as you can expect from a brand new nozzle. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's an <laughs> artillery, so it's not like high end, but it's not like you know cheap cheap or either it's like somewhere in the middle but okay it's higher end of the cheaper printers and okay. so um yeah so i uh yeah so i checked the nozzle on the optical comparator it's it's fine so nope. um i determined that it's probably that i haven't been storing my plastic like at all i there's no desiccant packets or I like I have desiccant packets and stuff, yeah. and I keep them kind of in the same drawer, but there's no actual sealed enclosure that I keep them in. So, okay. And this 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 is stuff I bought last November. Okay. So, so you're out, having so, the same realization I did with aging plastic, then. Yep. And so some of the pink stuff that I had bought in May, I ended up printing with. It turned out quite a bit better. Because I printed the dragon, I had a little bit of webbing, but um, I think it again that's probably temperature. So I, I I kicked my temperature down for the next print, and no webbing, everything looked fine. So cool. uh, it was the it's, it's the plastic itself is just I didn't store it well. But anyway, so yeah, I printed a articulated dragon just like the purple one, but this time in shiny pink. For the kid, because the kid was so enamored with it, and I'm like, "No, okay. dear, that that one's for mom, but I will I, I will make you your own." And <laughs> she she has been, you know, look look what dad did all week, you know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> she's been enamored with it. She she tried to sleep with it one night, and I'm like, "No, dear, let's put it on the oh, headboard. Let's let's go put it on the headboard. I don't want need that thing poking your eye while you're asleep." You no know, kidding, right? So I did that, and she got a little "quote unquote" lockbox. But after, after, but I couldn't tell if the locking mechanism actually worked or not because there was no key. So I okay. found and three D printed a little diary key. You know, again out of the pink plastic, and was able to use the key to determine that this thing did not actually have an actual locking mechanism in it. It just looked <laughs> like it did. So. I mean, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so 
I mean, it's a nice box, and so I, that's why I wasn't sure. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the kind of thing where you'd like, this is a really nice box. I would keep my 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 bit sets in this, you know, to make them look nice. Yeah, know, kind of thing. So, um, that's why I printed that 3D key, and then I am currently printing. Oh, I did print a hex holder for my drill. So okay. I was so you guys know I was putting up drywall last week. Yeah. And then I needed to switch bits from the drywall bit to a regular Phillips bit because I needed to take those uh extensions off my trailer and put my trailer back together. And okay. I'm I'm like I know where I, I, I keep my bits, but I've been using my 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 bits on a couple of different projects lately, so I could not find the regular Phillips bit, even though I have probably dozens of them. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that irritated me. So I 3D printed a little hex bit holder to put on my drill. Okay. So <laughs> I actually still need to glue it to the side of my drill, but I printed it still. and I'm, it's getting glued to my drill today. <laughs> and, and I'm going to have some of my bits in there so that they are with my drill when I need them. <laughs> Good deal. That works. And That's good. I am currently printing, so my printer is still going right now. Um, that sword that I I posted for you guys, that collapsible sword, it looks so cool. I'm like, okay, I've got to oh. have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll have to be sure to show it off when it's done. I've seen a lot of people print those before, and they look really neat, especially when they go from being still stuck to the bed. And you see them pop it off the bed and then flick it. And it's just like already ready to go with, with no yeah. uh, uh, post work at all on it. You know, that's cool. Yeah. You'll have to show us how that turns out. I'm really interested in that. That looks neat. Yeah. And well, looking at the STL is really cool. Cause if you, fl- if you, if you load it into Cura and then you go look at the bottom of the bed to see how it's going to ad- adhere to the bed, you can actually yeah. see the way that it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a cross, right? But it's slightly twisted. And you can oh. see each layer as it goes down. And you're like, wow, that is really well thought out. That is, that is really cool. That's so, neat. I, I wouldn't know where to start designing something like that. I mean, making it like a, um, uh, an old school radio antenna is about the first thing that comes to mind. But yeah, I know a lot much. of them do like twisting stuff with it on the inside. Yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. it looks, yeah. So it, it wouldn't. I don't think it would work quite right if you if it didn't twist the way it did. Huh. So, yeah. That's that's someone who's way better than we are at CAD comes up with that kind of stuff. That's impressive. Yeah. And here I'm thinking you could probably do that with the scale option. Just have it taper. And then uh, copy the component and scale it up or down or whatever. Yeah. And rotate it so it's not interfering with the other part. Yeah. The hardest part would be getting the right twist and the right shape, you know, the right not quite cone shape. Yeah. For the the extensible component. But once you do that, it's just scaling, I would think. Yeah, you might have a point. That might not be as hard as I'm thinking about it. Yeah, still, as long as there's yeah, it's as hard or as easy as you want it to be there, Andy. As as, yeah, as, yeah. as as long as they're truncated and scaled so that the end of one interferes with the very tip of the other, 
right yeah. now. So that makes sense. That's good. Yeah, I like those kind of ideas that people come up with. They're neat, some of the stuff, the designs that people are originating now online, where you can just see uh, the people who do just sit at home who will probably not do that kind of stuff for a job. You could really see the, the skill come out in, in those kind of designs. I, I keep on coming back to the design of my stupid uh, CO2 detector and how well I think the case was designed for this and and like trying to meet these standards on my own projects and things. But uh, then you go online and you see mostly stuff that's not very good. I mean, 99% of it is is reasonable, but not great. You find but something you that's that. hacked together and it's like, ah. Yeah. No, we're not going to do that one. <laughs> but then there's that, that 1% of stuff out there that's like, wow, tens of maybe even tw- you know hours went into designing this and everything is so thought through. Dialed in. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how many times they printed this before they got it to work the way they wanted it to work. And how many and, tests and, did they run? And you can see... Yeah, and you can see some of those that have gone through several iterations, you know, because they'll post it and then they'll get comments and feedback from people and they'll go, they'll, they're, 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 there's two kinds of people at this point. There's the people that are like, well, I designed it for me and it works for me. And if it doesn't work for you, well, you can fix it yourself or just tough. don't, or tough. Yeah. Or, and then there's the other kind of people that are like, you know what? You're right. You know, I can improve this. Then let, let's, let's do that. And yeah. then there's well, and then there's the third kind of people that are like, "Hey, I improved this for you, <laughs> you know." <laughs> what do you think? I wind up actually putting up. Oh, go ahead. There's been quite a few prints. Um, I need to do more of it, but there's been quite a few times I've taken pictures of my print and then shared mm-hmm. them with the creator, so that they can see how somebody else did it. And I've gotten some comments from the creator going, no, that that's cool. I like it. You know? Yeah. So that's good. I, uh, a while back when I used to publish all my stuff to Thingverse, even, even if it was something just for me, because maybe somebody could use it, I wound up, um, printing some really small, uh, t- toothpaste tube rollers mm-hmm. that, uh, that had a locking mechanism. So you can roll them up and then push it in and out to lock it into place and whatnot. And it was, it was a very minimalist, trying to keep it small and whatnot. And when I put it up there, I put up a couple of different sizes, you know, because the, the, the key and the housing came in different sizes. And then the nut at the end was always the same. The nut screws down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, I had somebody message me um, uh, like a month after I had it posted ask, asking if I could make one that, was, that would, you know, be this big for a particular tube. And... Uh, I've never been asked to change my models before. And I'm sure some people who get asked a lot are probably annoyed by it. But in that one moment, it was like, dude, I would love to do that for you. I'll sit down right now and design whatever you need. That's, that's awesome that you even asked me that my thing was good enough for you to even ask me if I'd make something a little bit custom, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I did that one particular size and a couple extra sizes around it and added those to the one, one thing. I wish I was good enough some of the people out there use the um, ones that uh, use, uh, what is it, OpenCAD or whatever to make it so you can adjust parts of the oh. object. Uh, oh. Yeah, Open. FreeCAD. I don't think it's OpenCAD. No, yeah. it's not FreeCAD either. No, it's not FreeCAD. It's there, there is one OpenCAD. that allows you to parameterize 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's open SCAD. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's that one can... I was showing you with the uh, with the picture with the uh, with the uh, outlet lights. covers. Yeah. yeah, those are neat. I wish I knew how to do those. I I don't publish my stuff anymore just because I wasn't really getting any downloads. I was putting a lot of work into describing what it was and things. And since I wasn't really getting a do- downloads, I felt like it wasn't really being the amount of work I was putting into publishing them was not being used by someone else or benefited by someone else. So I stopped doing it. But I tell you what, that, w- that would have been a neat skill to have to be able to put something out like that one piece where I could have said, yeah, enter in whatever size you want. And all it is is just shrinking those components. And that would, you know, mm-hmm. shouldn't have been hard to do. But uh, that's, that's a little bit beyond my skill level there. So I admire but, the people who can come up with stuff like that. But Thingiverse does have the customizer now where if you can program something sort of like that, you can just leave it on their website and then people can just do it by themselves. And then oh, they don't cool. need to, yeah, they don't need to try to use OpenSCAD or anything. They can just do it straight on the website and the website generates it for you, for you to download. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Thingiverse customizer they... does, does that. Hmm. I wonder how they implement that. I haven't even played with that. I imagine it would use the same process as OpenSCAD. So you have to have the parameters file. And I know like Fusion 360 doesn't make it available. I mean, you can parameterize everything. I use the parameters a lot. Yeah. I just, um, it doesn't have a file that you can modify after the fact. That at least not with the free version. Maybe it does for the paid version. Okay. Um, yeah. So okay. I, I use the parameters all the time. I just haven't found a way to tie the resulting um, file to the parameters file. And and they don't always work right either. You know, like the um, the uh, keyring thing. I had was was broken when you tried to get it to use use any other font than the default font. So you had to go down to one of the lines and edit it yourself to something that you had already installed on your on your computer for it okay. to work. Because it so, had to pull the file but, from somewhere, right? And in the customizer on Thingiverse, it had like five different options and those would work on the customizer, okay. but when you downloaded the open SCAD file, they wouldn't work weird. But, huh. hmm. but if you go down to that line of code and you type in whatever font that you have installed on your computer locally, it could still find those and still generate a 3d custom text on this based on whatever font you had, as long as you know, which line to go down to and tap, tap, tap. Sure. Yeah. So looking at this timer, guys, we're at almost two hours. That's unusual for us. Especially missing Kevin. Yeah. I mean, Kevin doesn't talk a whole lot either way, but when his chimes in for stuff he is interested in, that do add up. He breaks us up from ranting so much. Yeah. Yeah, he does do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and he glares at us whenever we see something too absurd. You can fill it from a different room. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's one reason we like him, though. He, he keeps us oh, honest. Yeah. Oh, definitely. He keeps us on point. 
<laughs> like just the wife, his wife glare, just came over here and glared at raised me. Raised eyebrow. <laughs> no. That's, uh, we we got to keep yourself surrounded by people who keep you on track. So that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah I, th- I think you will have a little bit of cutting to do probably uh, towards we'll the see. beginning of the episode. But yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll actually cut your uh, rant out there, Andy, for once. Which rant is that? I don't know. Which there was one? like four. <laughs> there was like four. I think there was four in this episode, so I may <laughs> cut one of them out. Maybe two. Uh, <laughs> might not be anything left of the podcast if you do too much. <laughs> well, and I made the point a couple of weeks ago. You make up so much of this podcast. I think all of our fans are actually your fans. Oh, that's kind of a scary thought. <laughs> well, you've you've ruined it because now you told him. Oh yeah. <laughs> now that I pointed at it, he's going to be so super self conscious about it, huh? Just as long as I'm a tool that's actually being productive and not making a mess. That's all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> that's questionable all on its own anyway I try to be a sharp tool but nothing does any good if i'm sharpening the wrong end <laughs> double-edged sword yeah i'm thinking more like a shank style screwdriver yeah <laughs> that would do it too <laughs> i got the the back end of the handle nice and pointy but uh it doesn't do you a whole lot of good for being useful <laughs> Just make sure that you're something longer than the little stubby. Cause it's the, like the, 10 the inches. Sharp handle. <laughs> the short handle, um, there's nothing left if you sharpen it. So, Oh, uh, yes. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let, let's wrap this up, and I'll uh, see what I can fix in post. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to thank you for listening to the very end. The very, very end. Holy crap. I'll <laughs> do hours of it if I leave. Um, if you like what you hear, please give us all the stars and subscribe. We are available through a wide variety of podcast vendors, and so we're easy to share. If you have feedback or if you have content requests, please let us know. You can find us in our Facebook group, Amateur 3D Pod, or you can email us at panelists at amateur3dpod.com. Or you can email us individually at Franklin, Kevin, Andy, or Chris at Amateur3DPod.com. Kevin Buckner is the one that wrote the music for this episode. OpenAI's Whisper completed the heavy lifting for the transcripts, which you can find linked in the description. Our panelists are me, Franklin Christensen, and my friends, Kevin Buckner, Chris Weber, and Andy Cottom. And until next time, we're going offline. Use hairspray. Apparently, Andy's the blunt end of a short crayon. God. Can I at least be a bright one? (laughs) No. You're You're the puke green one. Well, it's better than being the white crayon that nobody ever uses. Maybe. <laughs> the white crayon it usually gets broken more than anything. Got a good point. I never remember using my white crayon. I never colored mm. on anything other than white paper, so it was useless. Uh, turn it into a candle. There you go.
crayon will burn for what, 45 minutes or something? I don't know. I, I think it would depend on if there's a wick. I've never tried to burn a crayon before. I've seen YouTube videos. I watch some weird YouTube videos. We knew this already. <laughs> <laughs> Just watching someone burn a crayon. I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs>